Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, our experts discuss how COVID-19 has impacted brands across the world and what your brand can do to prepare for what's next. So settle in and enjoy the latest episode of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome into Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the topic that is in front and center of everyone's mind these days, the coronavirus. And since none of us are doctors or medical professionals, we're going to discuss COVID-19 and its impact on brands and how it will continue to affect brands across the globe. And here with me to discuss the topic today is Director of Brand Experience, Cynthia Stepech. Hey, Chris. And President and CEO of Brand Extract, Bo Bodie. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, So a couple of things to note before we get started. Uh, First and foremost, we want to take a quick second to thank all the medical professionals and frontline workers out there who are making sure we're all taken care of and that we have everything we need. Um, So so big thanks to you, uh, to the doctors, to the nurses, uh, support staff, everybody who's fighting the good fight every day. Uh, Secondly, you'll probably notice that we sound a little different today. Uh, And it's because we're not all in the studio together like we typically are. Um, Instead, we're recording remotely in order to maintain social distancing. Uh, So if the sound quality is a little off, uh, we apologize, but it still should be pretty good. So um, bear with us. Um, Now, without further ado, uh, let's talk about branding in the age of COVID-19. So what are some of the trends from brands that you guys have seen or are starting to see in response to this pandemic? Well, I was going to say, um, lifestyle-wise, family-wise, health-wise, this is something we've we've never faced before in our lifetime. Um, and obviously, you know, brands are are struggling through this as well to figure out get their footing. You know, what happens when an entire economic model or you know model for business gets turned upside down? So, I would say trends that we are seeing at the moment is just basically, you know. I think brands are trying to figure out how to communicate an effective way to their their audiences and their customers. Um, I think it's also a matter of like how brands are communicating internally uh, within their own companies to reassure their employees and the people who work and support and build those brands and build products, you know, how to get keep them going. And, um, you know, it, it's a challenge. So I think the trend right now is I wouldn't call it survival, but I would say it's like, you know, it's, it's getting, getting your footing in, in this new situation. You know, how do you stay authentic and not move into this kind of strange realm where it's like you're trying not to drown and suddenly off brand or off target. So anyway, Bo, you can Yeah, go. I've seen a lot of, I think there are a lot of innovations. Um, I think people, I think some people made some adjustments right at the beginning that have been really interesting. Um, you know, where they where they were working really hard to try and figure out to Cynthia's point maybe flailing around a little in the water um, when all this happened to try and figure out what to do um, but I've seen some examples of some really interesting things where brands good things and bad you know I've seen some where where brands um, were authentic and kind of true and real and and then they've kept up that theme and it's worked really well for them. Um, and then I've seen some brands completely change their character um, to either be more somber than they normally are or to be more serious than they could they could ever have been. 
Um, and it just almost seems inauthentic, you know, inauthentic or it's not very authentic. And I think brands are struggling with that. They're struggling with that internally too, where I, I, we've watched some of our, the executives that we coach and work with, you know, almost go radio silent. Um, and this is not the time to do that. Uh, people need leadership. People need direct discussion. People need honesty um, to the point that you can be with all this uncertainty. And it's been really hard for them, for some of those to really step up. Right. The one thing I keep on thinking about, it's like, you know, for those brands that are silent, and this is like company brands or people with brands, you know, uh, individuals are well known out there. It's kind of this, um, you know, COVID communication abyss. And uh, to me, it's like, you know, there's this, this gap. Uh, for those brands who aren't speaking to their target audience or their customers or to the public, um, you know, where it's like silence is, um, it could potentially harm the brand, you know, and, and probably is. But at the same time, it's like, you know, as you're staring into this, this abyss, there's a lot of opportunity in there that I think, you know, it takes a, a courage and the ability to pivot uh, quickly and uh, to to make sure that, that is an opportunity. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that that we're finding is people are starting to to see business opportunity out of this. Um, and, and then how do you talk about that and be authentic and true to the current situation? Uh, I think this whole shift, like, you know, right now what we're doing with our podcast and being remote, um, you know, our business has thrived. Um, when I say that, you know, who knows what will happen two months from now, um, but our business has thrived in that we communicate really well with each other. Uh, we've stayed true to our brand. We actually turned down some of our own marketing because it just didn't make sense in the first four, you know, four weeks after all of this to be reaching out to try and find opportunities while people were scrambling to take care of themselves. Um, and so I think that that has an impact on the tone and tenor. Um, timing can be a big part of managing your brand through things like this. Um, but now it is time to start reaching back out and how we reach out, how we manage the brand true to our values um, are a big deal. And that's the same thing with the other, with other you know, businesses out there. You know, are you being true to your values? Are you sticking with what you've done? If you if you've normally been pretty aggressive, you know, it would make sense that you're aggressive in this in this state. You know, would it make sense for you to pull back a little bit for a period of time? Sure. Um, but if you're not, you know, you just you want to be opportunistic, but you don't want to be seen as opportunistic. And how do those how do those things balance each other in the current situation? Yeah. From a messaging standpoint, I'm curious, what is what is something you guys have seen or what are some kind of common themes that you guys have seen um, coming through, whether it's authentic or inauthentic or whatever it may be. I'm curious, like how do you, what do you guys see in the market as, as the, the trend or, or the things that are happening? Um, I think that, you know, as far as like what's messaging that's going out there, I think there's a lot of noise uh, you know, we're going back to this whole thing about authentic authenticity and being real and messaging where some of this stuff is probably getting a little stale and stagnant. You know, everybody's emotional. Everybody's a little bit more serious now. And it's like, you know, we understand. And I think people who are who have to report to work or a lot of people who are working from home, uh, you know, we all understand the gravity of this situation, but it doesn't mean that, 
you know, you have to change who you are personality wise. Um, I think this ties back into something Bo had just mentioned a second ago, which is having, so brand values are important, uh, not just to kind of, you know, it's not just for the company and for business. It's also for how the company functions, how you think, how you produce work, how you communicate. And I feel like for companies who probably don't have really strong brand values or they're not really quite sure what their mission and vision is about, you know, um, that it's like a time like this is a test to see the true state of the brand, you know, because if we're authentic and we're true and we have true mission, vision values that we can lean on, then the messaging is going to stem from that through the lens of the challenges that are happening through this pandemic. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think when you talk about trends, I mean, I'd love to use one of our clients as an example, body built. Um, I think Cynthia, you've worked with them for years, you know, we've tried to get them to move to digital and, and online sales and supplementing their kind of, you know, uh, press the flesh kind of sales team with a more digital approach, digital marketing, you know, everything from search and content. Cause they're, they're, you know, that their brand lends itself to being, you know, the best from an ergonomic standpoint. But then when you mix in antimicrobial fibers and the current fears that we've been talking about that could change things on top of a completely different way to do business. And all of a sudden where they didn't think they could handle online and online market, you know, sales, you know, they, they've now switched to that. They had to, I mean, they were almost forced to. And I think we're going to see a lot of that, where people are going to move to digital uh, in a way that they can handle it more. Um, and then I think social content, uh, thought leadership are going to be even more important, but in different ways. I mean, I think the flash, go to a trade show, go to an event, be around a lot of people, present as a thought leader in front of a room of you know, attendees at an event. That's going to happen over time. I mean, I think it'll, we'll get back to that. But I think people are going to get ready, used to the Zoom platform. They're going to get used to being, you know, being part of a group online, much like my kids, you know, they, the way they use video games and the way they all connect with each other is different than we were when we were kids. You know, that same thing is going to transition to a different demographic um, to those of us that are a little older that we've now you know, spent six, eight, 12 weeks doing this kind of thing and doing it remotely it's going to change behavior. And I think that's going to be a big trend um, that the clients are going to have to get. How good are you at pitching over zoom? You know, how good are you are sharing your information and, and what things do you supplement with that with out in the marketplace uh, digitally so that the audience can get a full picture of, of how you can impact their business from a service that you provide or a product that you provide. So is it fair to say that brands that have, adaptability built in or flexibility or however you want to say it. Those are the ones that are going to really thrive in this environment, Cynthia? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like I was, uh, I'm a big Airbnb user. I've used them for years. And it's like, if you look at the business model, right, it's renting out people's homes or a room and it's places all around the world. So you look at a company like that you know, business model like that. And you're like, what do you do when most people are absolutely grounded? Nobody's hopping on an airplane. A lot of people aren't going to open up their homes. Um, I found it really interesting that Airbnb has made this quick shift to offering online classes by host. 
internationally for things like wine tasting, perfume making, and people register for these courses, you know, online through the Airbnb online platform. And I'm like, that was fast. I mean, (laughs) we're talking about weeks. And now all of a sudden it's like they're getting some traction. People are taking these courses online. And it's an interesting way where it's like, you know, they're, it's still true to their brand. You know, it's, it's getting, uh, connecting people from different areas of the world, uh, and putting them together, you know, allowing them to experience the culture and life in other cities through the, the lens of other people's like cultures and lives, all that stuff. And I think it's like, it's brilliant. You know, I mean, is it going to be the same kind of, I mean, the return on that, you know, from people staying in, 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 you know, uh, living rooms or bedrooms or whatever houses across the world. Eh. But I think staying true to that, to their brand and who they are and it get clicks, clicks back to their mission, vision values. I thought that was kind of a brilliant solution, an interesting trend, but also shows that the company has the ability to move quickly and adjust to change much like you were mentioning earlier, Bo, with Body Built, that it's like, it may seem like, wow, you can either go two ways with this. The sky is falling and this is going to crush us and destroy us. Or how do we make the quick change and prepare for for this type of a, a crazy historical challenge? But I, th- I think the question, and I think it's a great example, because I saw the same thing with Bonvoy and Marriott. You know, they they almost a week after started posting these digital experiences, virtual experiences that you could go on. And, and it was toned perfectly. It was like, I know, we know you're tired of being in the house. You know, we'd like to share these experiences with you. Well, I think both of those, to your point, if I'm a, if I'm a big Airbnb user, or if I'm a Marriott points guy or person, and I'm all fired up to do something, it's starting. I think that's going to build up some latent, you know, like, opportunity. I mean, like here's a wine tasting and somebody in France showing all this amazing stuff, come stay at my Airbnb at some point there that, that, that then positions that person that's presenting it as a local expert, which then why wouldn't you want to stay at a local expert's house? I mean, there are those things that are pretty amazing that'll happen over time. Uh, how do you shift? Is it, I think the question is again, aligning with mission, vision values, right? The, that vision starts to turn into leadership. And so I think there's a, I don't know that adaptability has to be in the values of the organization as much as some vision has to be in it so that people, they, they obviously have talked about these things. You know, there's like when we had, when we adjusted to this very quickly and very easily, we've been prepping and talking about it, not like a doomsday prepper or anything, but we, you know, we over time have kind of been building Building our brand around, you know, adaptability is not in our brand pyramid, but the, uh, the, gener- the, the creativity, you know, we inspire people to create, transform and grow. We were able to transform. It's a part of our mission, right? We were able to transform our organization and, and by, 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 by uh, association, transform the other organizations we work with. And I think that those are, I think you're right in that. I don't know that adaptability needs to be the word on the pyramid or a value your thing, but, but the idea that you have some vision and leadership and you have an idea of who you are makes it a lot easier to see other opportunities than if, to Cynthia's point, you don't have a good, clear view of your mission, vision, values. You don't have a good, clear view of where you're headed. The organization doesn't really understand because there hasn't been good communication and you can't pivot because you're, you haven't built an organization that's, that's, that's able to do that. Yeah. And you, I'm, you guys 
provided some really good examples. I mean, a couple other ones that stood out to me are like the people, and I, and I, I guess you could group these into to uh, folks who um, wanted to do you know something good. You know, want to put good out there, like Headspace, for example, offering um, you know some courses for free because they know people are going to be stressed. And hey, look, here's a really good opportunity for you to kind of get zen and. And do some meditation and stuff like that. So we're not going to charge you and use it as an opportunity to sell you something. We're going to give you something to help you cope with this. Um, you know, uh, there, I, there's a, I think it's GM. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe another car manufacturer. But um, they're running a program that says, hey, if you buy a car right now, uh, for the first three months, we'll cover your payments. For the next three months, we'll defer your payments. And, you know, so six months, you don't, you know, you don't owe us anything. So just trying to ease the burden a little bit. So... Um, you know, ultimately, you know, GM, for example, and Headspace, like those guys, they're, there's an end goal there, right? To, to build up that brand loyalty or brand, build up that brand association or that, that connection with the brand. But it, it is also doing good and trying to help out. Do you guys see that, Cynthia, do you see that as, as, a, as a trend that will continue? Or is that, you know, do you think that's just kind of a blip for, for right now? Well, I think that it's a response and it's a human response from these brands to try to like connect with their customer, their audience so that, you know, people want to help. And um, I think it's a it's part of its goodwill. I think the other half of it, too, is like, you know, um, you know, wanting to be in a good light as well, like how we responded to this crisis. Um, I think the examples you provided, you know, they seem real and, um, you know, will definitely help people. I mean, another one I I was thinking about was like AT&T recently gave three months of service free to doctors and nurses and people and healthcare workers, which is awesome as well. And it just eases the burden, which again, humanizes these companies so that you feel like, they're in this with you. And I think that's another big thing, tying back to that opportunity, that it's like brands, this is a critical, this is such an opportunity. It's like you have the chance to really, truly connect almost on a personal level with your audience. And again, the good goodwill helping, real help, like deferring payments for X number of months, um, being in your consumer in the living room with them, you know, it's like everybody's stuck at home. How do you connect with that, you know, captive audience in a real way that really benefits them? I think people are going to remember that, you know, that it's like for the first time ever, more than me just picking and choosing what I want at that moment, these brands are like living this with us, living through this with us. So yeah, I think the challenge in that, and I, I think, you know, I've seen it too, Audible, um, the, at some local restaurants have pivoted to give lunches to workers in their industry. So, so uh, Lasco and Tasting Room is doing that where they, they're making, they're making meals, making 200 meals a day. And if you've got a, a stub from a, a restaurant or some kind of, you know, some of that kind of service industry, uh, you can go pick up a meal for your family. I mean, those things are, are awesome. And I think those are very authentic and they're true. And if you look at the people that are doing it, the companies that are doing it, they're, they, they always had a tendency to do that kind of thing, right? Um, I think, you know, 
the the other side of that is we have to be careful and I'm, I'm watching this with the with the whole paycheck pr- protection program in banks is that you have to be careful not to pick winners and losers either i mean you can't serve everybody right you can't go out and make everybody i mean uh, other than maybe ford or gm because they've done the numbers and they know that they can forego six months they have to offer that to everyone you know but when you start to get into well i'm going to offer doctors or i'm going to offer uh these kind of things. You have to be true to who you are and, and where you are. Um, and so that that makes sense. You just have to be careful with those kinds of strategies because it, it's, it, it, can, it can also, because of the cynical nature of some people out there, it can come back to beat you up. And I think yeah. it's, it's a shame, uh, but it is, it's a reality. Unintended negative consequences, right? I mean, yeah, that, that's certainly, I think, worth, worth mentioning. And, and, it it underscores the the need for forethought for this kind of thing and not doing something haphazardly or doing something that isn't within your you know your brand um the realm of your brand that's true to your brand you want to do it be thoughtful and be under you know uh be purposeful in a strategy like something like that so um so we've talked about a couple of brands doing uh, a good job and, 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 you know, some of the good things that are happening. Are there any particular examples that you guys have that maybe companies that are doing a little bit of a poor job or, you know, maybe drop the ball in this kind of thing? Um, you know, one of them that comes to mind for me, um, is, is spirit airlines. Um, you know, they, they caught a lot of backlash for, you know, promoting, Hey, this is the best time to fly. Um, you know, get out there. Right. And that is putting people, you know, if people are doing that, it's putting people in harm's way. Um, so is there, is there anybody that, that you, you guys see that's maybe doing, maybe missing the mark a little bit? Um, you know, yes, I, I, I have read things about like some franchises saying, Hey, now's a great opportunity to get on board and to, you know, possibly buy into this friend. I'm like, why would you try to sell that at the moment? You know, just seems a little odd. So, um, yeah, I think that it's um, a fine line where you have to be very careful to not come across as almost uh, predatory or opportunistic during a really kind of, you know. Uh, Crummy time for everybody. Yeah. So I think it's um, it's dang- that can be dangerous. And I think there could be long-term consequences Um, you know, back to spirit, you know, um, as we all know, it's like, you know, it's for the budget conscious kind of, you know, uh, traveler, which is like, maybe they, (laughs) you know, they're a little bit more risky or they're like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fine to travel, you know, I'll take a, you know, take advantage of a deal. But, um, it's just kind of, it seems a little tone deaf in this, at, at this exact moment. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's a trap that brands can fall into because I think it, it seems to, I mean, some marketer gone wild or, you know, somebody with not much perspective, but at spirit, that the, the idea there are or an, an agency, you know, managing them. I think it, it seems to fit their brand, but then there's the greater good part that Chris mentioned about like, look, the idea is to not let people go from one place to another for a period of time, right? So I think it, while while the effort is authentic to their brand and probably authentic to their and beneficial to their audience, they also don't want to be encouraging that. And I think I think some places you've seen it, 
Um, I think banks during the PPP, where they prioritize their own, where they seemingly prioritize their own customers, um, when there are a lot of small businesses, and I think I think small banks did an amazing job of taking in new people. That's that's pretty good. Um, and then I think the second one um, that I've seen is is the issue with um, that you had with Harvard and some higher institutions, learning institutions that applied for the PPP money um, that got it and they've got billion dollar endowments or the Lakers applying. Now, the other side of it is, you know, they're taxpayers too. They should have access to the, that capital. And so how do you balance that? I mean, it's, it's, the, it, it's managing your brand on top of taking advantage of things that you should have access to. So it's a, it, I think to your point, Cynthia, what you've talked about in the past is it's a tough situation. It's just a really tough situation that people have to navigate and think, you know, how are we going to survive? But also, how do we best position ourselves um, for success moving forward? Right, right. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, it was in the news recently about Shake Shack returning, uh, you know. Yeah, their money, right. Returning their money. And I, I just, you know, thought about like, you know, price somebody in one department, applied for that, got the money. And then, you know, the branding team or the CEO or somebody's like, wait a second, you know, what does that do to the whole like, perception of what Shake Shack's about and uh, the perception of the company. So, you know, it's like, it kind of comes across as like, oh, they did the right thing. And then it also kind of like, well, but why did they get the money? You know, so it just, there needs to be discussions internally as well within companies uh, as they navigate kind of their options and things that might get misconstrued or, you know, might have a negative impact to the public. Yeah, and and you guys touched on it too. I mean, those conversations need to be based around. Uh, they need to be based around who who are we? What's true to us? You know, what what's important to us? What you know? What is our? They need to be based around brand, right? Right. And also, uh, I think on the long term benefit, it's like, do we need to request you know X number of funds for you know this uh, stimulus money? Is it really going to help the business? What if it gets out? Are people going to, you know, will it ruffle feathers? Will people be like, what? So, yeah, versus kind of doing damage control. So it's a little bit like, you know, plan ahead, think about it. Yeah, what are maybe those unintended consequences? Right. Well, and back to back to organizations knowing their mission, vision, values, having a clear understanding of what they're trying to achieve and their vision. And, you know, if, if, Shack, if Shake Shack needed that money and they knew what who they were and what they did, yeah, I'd be fine with them taking it as yeah. long as they communicated. Here's why we took the money. Here's what happened. If the Lakers really needed that money to keep keep their people employed, I mean, keep keep frontline workers that aren't getting to you know clean up the bathrooms and and share the food and do that kind of stuff. But that's that's part of why you have to understand when you sign up for it. That's part of the why you know and. and and so you know you're going to take a beating for it, so you're prepared for it. Because I think that those are all things. It's easy for us, both society and to beat up people without knowing the full situation. But then when you don't understand your own situation and can't communicate about it, it just compounds the issue. And so back again to what we were talking about, is it adaptability or leadership or are those both keys to every brand, um, especially in a situation like this? having the vision, understanding that, and adapting in a way that's true to 
who you are and what the true need is, I think is, is imperative in any situation like this. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's look forward, uh, for a second. Um, what lasting impact do you think this pandemic will have on brands? What, how, how is this going to change, um, the way we communicate with clients, the way that, you know, obviously our clients communicate with, with their, you know, prospects and clients. Um, how do you think it's going to change the marketplace? How do you think it's going to change how we, how we react to things and how we treat different things? I mean, have you guys seen any lasting impacts out there? I think that, um, lasting impact, well, you know, you have to think about this like business wise, like things that have been already going on, you know, it's like people, virtual officing that seems to be working. I think that's going to continue growing. Um, there's some stuff I see like in retail, you know, you think about retail's always struggled. What's going to, what's the outcome of retail after all this? Like, you know, online sales are more important than ever. Um, you know, versus like big, big stores. I mean, people are, are people going to want to start like small, you know, shopping in smaller stores, more pop-up type experiences. I think it's like anything goes at this point, we'll kind of see like what sticks. Um, but a lot of these companies, I mean, we, there's a little barbecue place here in town. I know I've talked to you guys about it a thousand times. You know, he, he's put out his, his daily, you know, I mean, these long emails about how this is, you know, how he feels and personally, and he's also giving food to, to respond to hospitals and stuff, which is really pretty amazing. You can go in, buy your barbecue, donate 10 bucks. And then for every hundred dollars or 200, $500,000 that he collects, he ends up smoking a couple briskets and bringing it to the hospitals. Uh, but that's been really nice, but he's, he and his wife have been like writing these emails late at night after they're done. But he shifted his business online and he was not online at all before. You know, what impact is that going to have? And then and then as people start to compete online, what's that going to do to digital marketing? And I, I think taking it back off the marketing part, you know, hands free is going to be a big deal. I mean, if you're not buying if you're not buying stuff with your phone or a tap credit card, you know, that nobody's going to want to handle your stuff and people aren't going to want to handle your money. That's the thing that I, I think has been the most surprising is. When I hand somebody money at a drive-through or to purchase something right now, I am surprised that they're so willing to grab it, um, and and I almost feel bad giving them the money. Um, and so, what's that going to do to currency? So, hands-free is going to be a big deal, and then obviously, cleanliness um, is going to be these the stores packed to the gills with inventory so close that you can't you like banging into stuff. You know, I remember I used to work at Dillard's and. I don't remember them being nearly as packed as tight with the rounders and everything being so close to you just bumping into clothes while you're walking around and you can't get around people. Um, I think inventory is going to be interesting back to not just the shift online that people are making, but also the fact that, you know, the volume isn't going to need to be there. You know, I, I don't think, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that affects retail clothing and, and other types of stores where people are touching, picking up, trying on doing things it'll be interesting to see how that shifts brands and how how the cleaning crew or the way that they talk about it best buy was so great at that at the beginning when we were still able to go out and shop and they were like we're wiping down our entire store every night and you're like no you're not there's no way there's absolutely no way in that amount of time you have enough people to wipe down every box and before we knew that it wasn't like every box needed to be wiped down, 
you can't do that during the day, you know, when people are there touching things. And so how do you adapt to that? How do brands adapt to those things that impact their business? And so I think, Chris, moving forward, you know, hands-free cleanliness is part of your brand, inventory management, uh, space, as Cynthia talked about, uh, you know, the ability to get things online that you wouldn't have normally been able to do it. And, and, the, and mom and pops being able to be more digital. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good that's going to come out of this. I'm hoping that I can hug and kiss people like I used to do before. Um, not in a creepy way, of course, but you know, I, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that we, we can still interact with each other in a social way. Um, but we'll see. Will there be good and bad that comes out of it? Yeah. Um, along, uh, along the same lines of what you were saying, Bo, I think it's like, you know, one thing we've dealt a lot with, you know, having a lot of B2B type customers is a safety issue. And it's like, so now it's like safety is being applied to so many things, you know? So it's like, you know, that, that safety messaging or like how the brand's protecting my health, everything that. That's definitely important. I think the other thing, too, is like partnerships, Um, you know, and one thing I've noticed or like just reading about like unique partnerships and what's going on, for example, is like, you know, either tightening up partnerships like Starbucks and Uber Eats, you know, getting stuff delivered. You don't have to come here. It'll get dropped off at your home or like DSW is actually now selling their shoes in grocery stores which is interesting. And I think going back to that whole space and safety issue, it's kind of like a CVS, right? And I can eventually see targets reducing down probably almost to a CVS size where they offer a lot of different things you may not see in a small store where it starts to become a little bit more of a pop-up experience, you know? And it's like, if you start to see that tied in with like home delivery, curbside service, this whole model starts to shift in a really, you know, interesting way. And then you tie in the digital component. It's like that, that might be what we start seeing in the future. You know, I order online to, you know, product, something that I really love. It's actually featured at another store. It gets tied into a delivery uh, service and all these, all of a sudden these, these different brands and companies are stitched in together that you never would have, considered them being all kind of stitched them together, you know? Well, I think that's brand association. I, mean, I think if you look at, I think the brand, the brand drivers we've been talking about, you know, mission, vision, values, the things of who we are, the brand conveyors are changing, right? The places we go to see brands, the type of materials we're going to use to share information, the, the, the media that we'll use, I think that's all going to shift. But those conveyors, I mean, they're the brand associations, you know, DSW shoes in a, in a, in a grocery store, or, I mean, I think you're going to see a collision of, of things so that people don't have to go to so many different places. So they don't have to experience, I mean, don't have to touch so many things. You know, I think that's a great point, Cynthia, that I hadn't really thought about is that association piece is going to become, we talk about it a lot when it comes to associating yourself with good things, other brands that make sense for you, you know, or athletes with Nike or whatever, but then, but now it's going to be a little bit different, whether it's be around cleanliness or other kinds of things, you know, does somebody have a, a hand pump on the way in? I mean, they're, just, they're popping up everywhere, you know, all of that stuff, that kind of combining the association with the cleanliness that you were talking about earlier. 
And tying back to the whole safety issue, like for example, Instacart, they got burned because, you know, they're, they're uh, delivery drivers, you know, and they're basically, this is a gig economy, but they weren't really offering them any type of safety protection. You know, there was no hand sanitizer, no gloves, no mask. And these individuals are, you know, they're frontline workers too, if you think about it. They're at the grocery store, they're exposing themselves to all sorts of different types of people and environments. But then these are the same people who come to your home and drop off your groceries. So, you know, it's like, the safety issue, again, to someone like Instacart, the most they're probably thinking about is like maybe a background check, you know, who the delivery driver is, you know, and that's it. You're dropping off your groceries on your doorstep. Now it's a, are you dropping off a virus at my doorstep, you know, and are you exposing these people who power your company uh, you know, you're, you're not providing them the PPE they need. So again, it's that safety issue that we see in B2B businesses and industrial businesses getting applied to something as modern and consumer focused as, as, as Instacart. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, look, let, let me get you out of here on this. Uh, just high level tip. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, too specific or, you know, industry specific or anything like that. But as brands are preparing and, and frankly navigating this new normal and figuring this whole thing out, um, what can you provide a tip or two, um, for, for how they should handle this new normal, how to, how they should approach it or how, you know, what they can do to be better prepared for this. Bo. Yeah. I'll give Cynthia the last word. I think, um, I think leadership versus adaptability, you know, really, really hone in on mission, vision, values, and communicating those things to your teams and to your customers as to why you matter to them, how you're going to take care of them, how you're going to ensure their safety, those kinds of things. And then I think imagine, reimagine your business and the channels that your business is in. It may not, selling tomorrow may not be the same as selling was yesterday. And so how are you going to communicate and connect with your customers moving forward? I think those two things, they're big, big things. Um, but I think there are big things that everybody today needs to know, especially as we start to work more remotely, especially as we start to be together, more distant from each other. Um, I think those two things could be are, are key to looking at. Thanks, Bo. Cynthia? Um, I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, be flexible enough to adapt. Be genuine. Keep it real. <laughs> That's awesome. Keep it real. Okay. Well, guys, thanks so much. This was awesome. Um, I, I really, I learned a lot, and I hope uh, everybody, out, everybody out there listening learned a lot as well. So thanks, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks, Scott. Bye, guys. Bye. That does it for this episode of Solving for B. We hope you're better prepared to navigate your brand through the COVID-19 pandemic and think about what's next. If you found it insightful, invite you to check out brandextract.com for more insights and other helpful resources. Thanks for listening to Solving for B with Brand Extract.